Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. And I have so much to share, uh, but I understand that we, we just can't stay late. So I'm going to try to move. But I need you as a body to get a hold of this doctrine of dominion. Write that down. Uh, because she kept saying, well, she said it, she said it all, uh, God, why aren't you doing anything? Uh, why aren't you doing anything? And then finally he spoke and said, you know, you're, you're the vessel I have to use to do anything. Uh, you have to be that voice. You have to be that sound. I want to establish that by scripture of the responsibility of the church for several reasons. There has been a grave, um, what word am I looking for? Uh, injustice in the body of Christ. We've made a grave mistake. Uh, what we have done is underestimated the influence of the devil. That was the biggest mistake we ever made. Uh, to underestimate. Don't get me wrong. I'm headed somewhere. The church walks in power and demonstration. But the greatest uh, trick of the enemy is to make us believe he's nothing and he's not doing anything. I'm telling you, he is well organized. He has his demons. He has his imps. He has a strategy. He has a plan. And he is working it to a T. And he can only do it as long as you and I do not recognize our position, our authority, and I'm going to say it, our responsibility as the body of Christ. Okay? So we're going to head there this morning, or tonight. I'm a Sunday morning preacher. Uh... My son, uh, it's been a couple years ago. Uh, I believe if you're here tonight, you're here by divine design. I believe if you're here tonight, you're here to get this word because you're dangerous if you're, if, if you're not ignorant. And I don't mean ignorant in a, uh, a bad way. Ignorance is killing us. So I believe we're going to make you aware of some things. But anyway, Josh led, God led Josh a year or two ago when you started on the family. Uh, to, he championed the family. We all come together. I, I believe we championed the family to the best of our ability over the last several months, uh, which was all by divine design. Um, but God asked me a question, and I may share with y'all some of the questions I asked God. Uh, um, but God finally asked me the question, but what is the purpose of the family? It doesn't any, do any good to establish anything if you don't step into the purpose of it. What, why did I champion the family, God said. Why did I establish the family? Now, when I say family, I'm going to say family slash church, and we're going to take it to another dimension tonight. Uh, uh, he taught these words she just used, Ecclesia. Josh, you remember all that? You're the one that, that brought all of that out and started teaching it. So... Tonight, my goal is to deal with the purpose. Why did God establish the church, the family? I want you to ask yourself the question right now. What is the church for? You don't have to answer. I just want you to think, what's it for? For me to go to two or three times a week? To me to be part of a community? All of those would be good answers, you know. But there was an intended purpose and design that we're going to dive in tonight. Uh, so the purpose of the church slash family, the called out ones, 
which is what Ecclesia means. And we're going to break it down. I want you to write it down. But the question is, what were we called out for? Was we called out of darkness just to go to heaven? So were we called out just so we could be, uh, be saved? Uh, I want to ask this family, uh, this question, write it down. Are we a family or are we a government? Are we a family? Are we a church? Or are we a government? Well, the answer to that question is both. Both, okay? Both. Uh, matter of fact, it's what the Bible calls a royal family, okay? Write this scripture down. I want to ask you not to try to turn there so I can keep moving, but write it down and you can go back. Most of my scriptures is coming out of the King James Version Bible. Uh, so are we family or are we a government? What type of entity are we? My suggestion, not my suggestion, the Bible teaches that we are actually both. We are a governing family, okay? A royal family. But you, 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a, y'all can quote this scripture, a chosen generation, a there it is, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and it goes on. Well, if you're taking notes, the word royal means kingly in nature. He said, you're not just a priesthood in the new covenant. You are a royal priesthood. Good to have you back, girl. You are a royal priesthood. Royal means kingly in nature. It actually means, I'm giving you Greek and Hebrew. I'm not giving you... Uh, contemporary definitions, okay? This is coming out of your Bible. It actually means a foundation of power. Oh, isn't that good? You are a family that is the foundation of power. You are a royal a priesthood. You are a powerful family. God, you got to get these statements in you. You are a powerful family who was established, catch this, to rule. This family that God created was established to rule, to execute justice in this kingdom called the kingdom of God. You were designed to execute the justice of God in this kingdom called the kingdom of God. I wish you would study your Bible just on words and terminology. Jesus used the term kingdom 50 times in Matthew. Are you listening to me? He used the term kingdom, whether it was kingdom, kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven. Jesus used it 50 times in one book, in the book of Matthew. And the word kingdom means, are y'all with me? Kingdom means royalty. Okay? It comes from the word royalty. It's from two words, kingdom. Separated, it's a king's domain. It's a sphere of influence. It's a sphere of power. It's a sovereign rule. Are you listening to me? So a kingdom is a domain or a territory that is subject to a king, and that's what Jesus come preaching. Jesus used the word church in two different places, and that's it. And I'm going to show you what he meant when he used the word church. He came as a king to establish a kingdom with its own uh, hierarchy, with its power and its authority. But the beautiful thing about it, he built it on uh, um, uh, family relationships, sons to a father, okay? 
Uh, Revelations 1, 5, write it down. If I get too rolling, stop me, Patty. Slow me down, Josh. We want to get this, okay? Revelations 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, stay with me now, don't, don't, don't go into neutral while I'm reading Scripture. And the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He said, I've made you kings and priest. I ain't got time to teach it. I've taught it before. That's what you call relational dominion. Right? My king, my, my, my rulership as a king is based on my relationship as a priest. She said it. God said, go back to the prayer closet, hear what I'm saying, and come out saying it. So hear me tonight. This is the purpose of the church. You are a royal family. You are a kingly family. You are a family with hierarchical uh, governmental position. I need you to get a hold of that. Because it, it'll change the way you pray, pray, and it'll change the way you engage your community. The church has got to. It's got to. Uh, okay, if you've been in under my ministry long enough, uh, you, you've heard me say, if it's not established in the book of Genesis, you probably can't build a doctrine on it. Anything. God, when he wrote this book, he knew what he was doing. Every principle is in the Genesis, the beginning, the origin. Well, let's go back then. If I'm trying to teach you that we are the royal family of God, that we are the governing body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if we are to uh, bring that kingdom from heaven, a lot of people are just saved to go to heaven. God created a church to bring heaven here. What I mean by that, his domain, his rule, his authority, his dominion. Can y'all buy into that? I'm going to have enough scriptures you're going to have to or, or whatever. <laughs> so the purpose of the family was established in the first family in Genesis. What was established in Genesis? Uh, the doctrine of dominion. Uh, Genesis, y'all know right where I'm going. Genesis 1:26. just write it down. And God said, this is in the beginning, y'all, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let him have. <laughs> Shout it out, somebody. This is the first family. Let's create a family and then let's give him dominion over all the fish of the sea, over all the fowl of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Write this definition down, dominion. He said, let's create family. And then let's give him dominion to rule this world. Oh God, Jennifer, thank you for just setting the stage for me. Let's give him dominion. You're, if you was reading the Hebrew Bible, when you read dominion, you would read raw doll. Which means to tread down. Listen to me. It means to subjugate. That's what dominion means. Subjugate. And those words, they're too big for me. I don't understand them, so I have to look them up. <laughs> to subjugate means to bring under dominion or control. The first family was created to bring the surroundings under dominion and control. Now, now let me back up just a little bit. 
because the purpose of the family was established here in the book of Genesis to maintain the established kingdom of God. They didn't have the power to bring it under control, right? God brought it under control, but he set a family in order to keep it under control, okay? To exercise dominion. Because anywhere there is a rogue spirit, there has to be a dominator. There has to be a law to keep it in check or it does what it wants to do. Because the church has lost this doctrine, the devil is doing what he wants to do while we have church. Bottom line, amen. I'm not a doomsday preacher, but I'm telling you, if we don't stop, like she said, and look around, I've been hearing it in your voice, Josh, I've been hearing it because you've been in the school system lately. I sat at the Sonic the other day and almost had to roll my windows up because of teenagers that were in such terrible conversation of, of you name it. Are you following me? While we sit in here and claim we're winning, we're not winning. We're not winning. And I don't even like to say that to a certain degree. Well, I've won enough to keep me saved, but I wasn't saved to keep me saved. I was saved to make a difference. So we're patting each other on the back. Are y'all listening to me? We're just patting each other on the back. Thank you, sir. That's exactly what I need. Uh, and, and, and praising our gods, patting our hands, uh, and saying, oh, what a good service. Why, our community's going to hell. Our teenagers is being wrapped up and swallowed up. Are y'all okay out there? Am I telling the truth? It is what it is. And it don't do no good to stick your head in the sand when we are the answer. The paramedics ain't coming. You're them. Are you listening to me? There's no knight in shining order coming. He done came. And he lives in you. But if we don't understand, the community's in the shape it's in because I'm in the shape I'm in. Oh, my God. We'll never forget that. That's good. The collector's on the rampage. You'd have to hear last night. Let's keep going. Uh, so he said, let's give them dominion. Let's give them the power to subjugate. Let's give them the power uh, to keep extending my rule, okay? Uh, Psalms 8, write these scriptures down. Y'all going to go back to them. Psalms 8, 4, 5, and 6. Uh, 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 David said, what is man that you're even mindful him and the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the work of your hands and have put all things under his feet. Did you hear what I just read? That's the way God looks at the church. You created him and you gave him dominion over all the works of your hands and put everything under his feet. That's a sign of dominion if it's under your feet, right? Listen to this scripture. Here's one we choke on, lest you come all, and he preaches it. Psalms 82, 6. I have said, you are gods. Did y'all hear that? Now, that's the Bible. I don't know how to change it if you want me to to make you feel better. Amen. The Bible says, I have said, you are gods. All of you are children of the Most High God. That word gods there means you are magistrates. You are mighty or godly ones. Here's what it really means. You are godly judges. 
You are anointed to judge those situations, Jennifer. And if it's an injustice to the kingdom of God, you have the dominion to arrest it. What? Can y'all buy this stuff tonight? Not people, spirits. And that's where we're going. Because it's a spirit behind all of this. Right? Uh, we're headed there. Just stay with me. I said, he said, I have said you are gods. You're the children of the most high God. You're the mighty godly judges that is now in my family, my sons, sons of the king that I have empi uh, uh, empowered uh, to bring, to subjugate. The devil, hear me right now. The devil is running rampant. He's confusing people. He, he's confusing genders. He's confusing families. He's destroyed. The spirit of divorce is rampant. The spirit of, of, of uh, immorality and addiction is just hovering over this community. Oh, if God would open our eyes that I could catch one glimpse into the realm of the spirit, it would wreck your life forever. The greatest thing that ever happened to me is Satan himself paid me a visit. And then God had to pay me a visit to clean up what Satan left in my life. You hear me? It was the greatest thing. Ever. It liked to kill me. But I saw into a realm that is so real while we're just having church. Okay, let's go deeper. She said something about gates. Oh, my God. Now, I'm telling you, this is, this is the purpose of the church. Genesis uh, 28 16 and 17 says, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, Catch this terminology, How dreadful is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Catch this. Jacob said, he was in a dream, fell into the trance, went into the spirit and saw angels ascending and descending and said, oh my God, I didn't even know I was in the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Listen to me. When the Bible talks about gate, it's not talking about something swinging on hinges. Amen. I don't have time to back it all up, but I can with scripture. This is what a gate is in the Bible. You may want to take notes. It's a gate is a place equivalent to our courthouse. That's the way I want you to see it. Right? A gate is equivalent to our courthouse. It's the parish seat, in other words. It's a place of authority. A gate is a place of authority. It's a place of jurisdiction and dominion. The Bible teaches all the way through and it's consistent. The gate is a place where judicial laws are executed. In the big cities, it was in the gate. Y'all going to start seeing this stuff when you start reading your Bible now. You're going to say, wow, I didn't realize. You know, uh, they made legal transactions at the gate. Uh, 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 Randy, like you work up around in the land office or whatever. I don't even know what you do, but I've seen maps in there. Amen. And people come in there and they buy that land. Well, they would go to the gate and give someone their shoe. And that was the transaction. So the gate was a place of jurisdiction, a place of authority. It's where laws were established. It's where business was transacted. It's a place of pro permitting or prohibiting. It all happened at the gate. Are you listening to me? We're going to go somewhere with this. At the gate is where a law was saying, you can't do this or you can do this. Right? So Jacob identified 
the house of God as the gate of heaven. Catch this. Signifying that God's house is the place where judicial laws are executed. It's the place where justice is served. Are y'all listening to me? This house. This church. You. Not this building. You're the church. You're the house of God. You're the gate of heaven. You're, 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 you're the place to, uh, you have been authorized to say, no, 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 you're a criminal. You're a lawbreaker, Satan. You can't do that here because we have the law. And we've been authorized to shut him down. Are y'all okay tonight? We've been, uh, but we don't understand that authority, so we don't even pray properly. We'll ask God to do it, and this is where this whole teaching comes from, right over there, where God always speaks to me, it seems like, and said, no, no, you're, 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 you're getting confused to why your community's being taken over, but really you're confused because you don't know your position. And if you don't assume your position I relinquish dominion to that of that realm to you. He 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 really I can't take it back, he said. I created my church and I set it down there to rule and to reign. Mm. Okay, let's look at a New Testament equivalent. You always got to do that too. If you're going to establish doctrine, you got to pull it together. Now we done saw in the Old Testament. He called the house of God the gate of heaven. It's, it's equivalent to the courthouse. Okay, now let's go to Matthew 16, 18, 19. This place and one other is the only place you'll ever hear Jesus use the word church. It says, And I say unto you, you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church and the does that change anything for y'all? Huh? The gates of heaven will not prevail against it. Jesus is speaking in terminology they understand very well. They knew he wasn't talking about some slap boards hanging on the hinges when he said the gates of hell. He was saying the very courthouse of hell will not prevail against my body. The very jurisdictional hierarchy of hell their judges, their kings of hell will not, cannot prevail against my church. Let's go deeper. Jesus used the term church. Listen to this right here. When you hear the term church, you think religiously. You think, well, it's a religious group that gets together and sings Christian songs and says Christian stuff. But when Jesus said church, there was no such thing as that. Right? There was no such. When he said church, it was so governmental when he said it. It didn't spark a religious thought in the apostles' minds. Are you following me? I'm going to prove it. Let's go. Uh, and it was so governmental, and obviously the disciples recognized it as a governmental term. And for you that studied your Bible, you'll understand why James and John sent their mama to Jesus and said, we want you to go talk to Jesus and see if we can be co-leaders in this kingdom. 
he established it. They were still thinking, Jesus is come to establish church. And I'm going to give you the definition of church in a minute. He's, it's a governmental term. He's going to establish a government. He's going to take over. Go, Mama, go talk to him. Because I think she may have been his aunt, Jesus' aunt. So his aunt's coming and saying, look, I want these two sons of mine to, you know, to, to rule with you when you come into your kingdom. Uh, so it's the proof they were still misunderstood thinking it was a governmental kingdom. Not what me and you see it as today. As a matter of fact, uh, Peter was still confused in the garden. He still thought Jesus come to set up a kingdom, so he drew his sword. He, he went to fighting. He said, no, we're going to establish a kingdom and we're going to overthrow the Romans. So this is, and, and I'm going to show you why the disciples misunderstood about the kingdom Jesus was talking about. The word church, write this down. Now, some of you may not be a, a fan of the Passion Translation. I use it beside my, my King James Version. Uh, but this is actually a, uh, I pulled this right out of I don't know if you studied that in this. But the word church in uh, the Greek is ecclesia. Write that down any way you want to spell it. It don't really matter. Sound it out. And ecclesia means, now I'm going to break it down because in the Greek, in Hebrew, the Greek words usually would put two together to bring an understanding together. But it actually means, if you're taking notes, a legislative assembly. So Jesus said, when Jesus said, I will build my church, to them they heard him say, I'm about to build a legislative assembly. Which he did. But it wasn't legislating like they thought. It wasn't against flesh and blood. He said, I come to uh, uh, legislate some rogue spirits that's trying to dominate your land, okay? But still, I want you to see it. This is not, church is not, never was a religious term, but rather a political, governmental term. It's a term that's uh, used in classical Greek for a group of people. Catch this right here. Now listen close. This is the reason they jumped on board and said, wow, our king has finally come. We're fixing to take the nation back over. It's a governmental term used in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned together or called out to govern the affairs of a nation. That's what church will be at. I'm going to say it again. They were called out, like he went around saying, follow me. And they were called out to govern the affairs of a city. They were called out to govern the affairs of a nation. That's what we were put here for. Are you following me? If, you, if we come to church and get a good word, I'm so proud of you new guys. I'm so proud of hearing y'all's testimony of what's, what y'all are doing out there. If we come here just to get a good word, sing a few songs and walk out that door and never realize what our purpose is, we will die. This is where rural churches are that can't break 150. They can't break 120 because it's built on a religious concept that we're just here to puff one another up 
And that's our sum total and purpose. If you buy a car and never drive it, its purpose is to run up and down the road. What will happen to it? If you move out of your house and don't live in it, what will happen to it? Are y'all following me? Anything that's not fulfilling its purpose dilapidates. The church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is dilapidating. Amen. And we're propping it up with all of our stuff because we're not fulfilling our purpose. I called y'all out. You were called out of darkness into this marvel light to be a part of a royal family to start governing the affairs of your community. Hear me. We can't blame God or the devil for the condition of our community. Can I get a witness? Huh? We can't ask him to do what he's already done, but he has to have us to maintain it. Are you following me? Do you know darkness don't exist? Has anybody ever studied darkness? You know what the definition of darkness is? Come on, y'all got me. I just thought I was finna show y'all something. It's just the absence of light. So is it, does the Bible say you're the light of the world? So if darkness is prevailing, why? But most people won't say darkness is prevailing because it makes us look bad. Right? Most of us won't admit it that our teens are slipping out. Oh, Jesus. So he established, when he said church, he wasn't talking about a religious gathering. He was talking about a legislative assembly, okay? A governing bunch of people, a bunch of king sons that are discipled. You know when you were born as an heir of the kingdom, you didn't get to do what other kids did. You want to know why? You had a mentor put over you, and you was trained to lead. You were trained to rule. You were That's what discipleship is supposed to be doing, not to teach you to quit dipping, smoking, drinking, cussing. Salvation is supposed to take care of all that. Discipleship is supposed to train you. You are a dangerous individual and you can't act like other people because I have called you out to rule and reign in my righteous kingdom. God, if this church gets a hold of this, the devil don't even want me to teach this tonight. He almost talked me out of it, believe it or not. So when Jesus said church, ecclesia means the legislative assembly. It's people who were gathered together, called together to say, okay, instead of coming in here as a bunch of victims, oh God, y'all pray for me that I make it another day. Oh God, I'm so, I'm so beat down. I'm so, you know, that comes in here and says, okay guys, what are we going to do to give the devil hell? What are we going to do to take our city back? What are we going to do? Where's the strategy? Let's get a strategy to take Caldwell High, uh, Central Elementary. Let's get a strategy together and go into a prayer closet and say, God, show us the devil. I know I'm going to get wooey, and y'all ain't never heard me talk like this. Let's go into a prayer closet and say, God, show me that devil. What's he look like? What's his name? We taking names and kicking. Huh? This is too real for the church. We want to be taught. Let's keep going. No, they don't. We don't. Spiritually, we see the fruit and judge the fruit and still realize there's a devil behind it. Are we a spiritual people or are we not? Why do we attack everything in a carnal? You can't get a picket sign and run the devil out. <laughs> You know, you got to go into a prayer closet, bind the demon forces behind it. I got scriptures to prove it to you. So anyway, I got to keep moving. Uh, this is what a legislative body, <laughs> I'm having trouble speaking in English. Uh, it's a governing, 
And, and for Jesus to use, I'm trying to get my definition finished so I can move on. Uh, ecclesia is a called out to govern the affairs of the city. So for Jesus to use this term means he has given the king keys of the governmental authority in his kingdom to his church. Keys always represent authority. Now you've got to study the Bible to understand that. He used the word legislative body. Then he said, I'm going to give you keys. I'm going to give you the authority. Kobe preached it here a while back. Jesus came and lived for uh, 33 and a half years. But three and a half years, he said, y'all watch me. I'm going to show you what it means to walk in governmental authority. Devil come out in the name of Jesus. I bind you, devil. Woman, are loose. You are healed. Did you realize Jesus had the greatest demonic uh, uh, exorcism uh, ministry of anybody on the planet? Study how many times Jesus cast out devils. Why ain't we casting out devils no more? We don't even see them. We don't recognize them. We don't know there's a devil behind it. He cast out devils. Then he told his disciples, go heal the sick. Cast out devils. When's the last time you've seen a devil cast out? Now, the reason I need this church to get this, because we're about to step into the realm where the devil's finna show itself. And if we're not ready, he's going to take over. I'm embarrassed that about three years ago or whenever, the, the devil sent someone here, and we fought the devil for three hours in our parking lot and hindered our whole service. It'll never happen again. We got to realize dominion and authority. Cast the devil out and say, you will not rule in this church. You will not get our teenagers. You will not get our posterity. So he says, upon this rock I'll build my ecclesia, my legislative assembly, amen, my governing body. My, uh, uh, and and then, he, then, he, then he says, then he prophesies the strength and the power of this kingdom. And he said, the very gates of hell will not be able to stand against you. The very gates of hell. That's not happening right now, is it? The gates of hell are prevailing. The gate has been opened. Because we didn't understand this. We thought we were just supposed to lay down and take it. Huh? Or talk about it. Or Facebook about it. Or fuss about it. But we didn't know we could go into the spirit and attack this devil, amen, in the, in the second heavens. That's another teaching. He's there, y'all. He's real. He's influential. So Jesus here established the flat fact that there is another opposing kingdom. Would, would y'all listen to me? There's a devil out there. I'm going to say it this way. There's a devil on the loose. And he's only on the loose in regions where there's no government. The devil is attracted to regions with no government. Not a bunch of religious groups. No government. Are you listening to me? Amen. To where people who know who they are and what their purpose is. Can I help you right now? Y'all got your pen ready? Write this down. It ain't about you. <laughs> that was profound, Tammy. Don't laugh. Write it down. You think church is about you. Let him that has enlisted as a soldier be not entangled with the affairs of this right. I signed on the dotted line. I'm a soldier. Yes, sir. Huh? What? Come on, man. He's a new convert. What good are you, he said. And this kingdom ain't nothing about making you comfortable. It ain't about working around your schedule. Me and my wife, on the way back from the hospital right now, I said, if God was to do what we want him to do, we couldn't steward it because you're too busy. We're too busy. We couldn't even steward a move of God. 
because our priorities are whacked. Because it's all about me, my schedule, my kids, my job, my... <laughs> Y'all don't look at me like that. I'm so telling the truth. And I'm just as guilty as all of us. Amen. Show up every great once in a while to get a few notes and a word from God. Amen. Just to keep us going. He said, it ain't even about you. I called you to empower you and suit you up, Fluky, with the full armor of God. Now you go out there and destroy that lie in that cashier's mind that, the, that I don't love her. Go out there and break the back of the devil off of that rejected teenage generation. <laughs> the term church would be equivalent to, let's break it down. I'm killing this religious mindset. The term church will be equivalent to what we know as a police jury. I never even heard of police jury until I moved to Louisiana. I had to ask Fluky, what's a police jury? That's what the church, when Jesus said, I come to build my church, they heard him say, we're establishing the police jury. Right? <laughs> a police jury is a governing body of a parish. They have the power to bind or to loose, to put in another way, to put it in another way, to prohibit or permit. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you prohibit, I'll prohibit in heaven. Whatsoever you permit shall be permitted in heaven. That scripture really means you got to know the law of heaven and then you got to enforce it. The law didn't say that drug could come in here. Our law didn't say that. Right? The law didn't say the devil could come in here. This, the, obviously, the spirit of this lucrative spirit. If money is more valuable than the lives of our teenagers, it's a demon. It's a devil. Okay, so the church, Ecclesia, is a governing body, like a police jury. To put it scripturally, the courthouse. The courthouse. In other words, the police jury is the gate of our parish. Does that make sense to y'all? The sheriff's department, all of that wrapped in one is the gate. They establish the laws, they right? They govern the laws, right. The law's already established, thank you. They govern it. And what do you do if somebody breaks the law? You go get them. You arrest them. You restrain them. You refrain them. Are you listening to me? Devil ain't worried about nothing. We too worried about us. To be worried about him. Man, I can just sell drugs all I want to. They ain't going to do nothing around here. I can just buy teenagers. I can wreck their lives with pornography. Ain't nobody bothering me. Can I, can I tell you something that some of y'all are going to reject? Amen. If God could open your eyes, there's devils in here. They in here. They hearing me teach. I want you to hear me teach. <laughs> I want the devil to hear me teach. I don't want to be the man where the devil says, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? I don't even know you, man. You don't even have no rank in my life. You don't have no position, no authority, because you are such a weenie. Well, that was deep. Somebody ought to tweet that. Oh, God, praise the Lord. Shanda, randa. Speaking in tongues, and we're so, and God said, I created a militant force, amen, that the devil cannot, I mean, he'll flee. God, he'll flee when you realize who you are and get in a righteous position 
<laughs> Amen. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will call demons to tremble and will clean this community up. This is exactly what Jesus, so, so that's what it looks like. It's, a, it's the courthouse, it's the police jury, it's the gate of our parish who establishes and upholds justice. Uh, this is exactly what Jesus meant when he said, I will build my church. Jesus was saying, are y'all with me? I'm going to establish a governmental royal family. That's what I want you to write down. That's what I want you to begin to see. I'm not just a family so you can call me brother and me call, we're soldiers at arms. We're brothers at war together. Amen. And we're fighting the fight of our king. There you go. That's exactly right. We are in this together. We're on the battlefield together. Just like Jesus came. Amen. I'm going to show you what the devil sees when he sees the kingdom. We see Jesus with a halo, stroking a lamb, petting children. Amen. He saw Jesus coming and said, don't torment me. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know what you see when you see Jesus. <laughs> Some pictures, you know what I'm saying? You know what the demon said when Jesus showed up on the island of Gadarenes? Don't torment me. What if, what if when we walked into the school that demons were scuttling up into the corner saying, don't torment me? Joey, what if when you walked in Walmart, the devils were saying, oh my God, that Joey boy's in here. Amen. You better watch him. Amen. He's, he's going to recognize. What if we were so spiritual we could see it? What if we were so spiritual we could at least be burdened? <laughs> uh, some of us don't know. I don't know. We ain't losing no sleep. We ain't shedding no tears. We don't know. Oh no, man, I'm making money. I'm just living. <laughs> I don't even know all these kids going to hell. I don't even I don't even know. I don't even think like that. I don't even register. Why? Because we don't even know we've been enlisted. We don't, we don't know we're a part of something like this. Amen. <laughs> He said, I'm establishing a royal family to govern my kingdom, and the kingdom of darkness will not overthrow my kingdom. Our churches is under the thumb of the devil. God help me not to say too much. To, to, <laughs> our churches are under the thumb of the devil. And, he's, and we, we're doing just, he's letting us get by with just enough to keep us contented. I ain't content no more. How about you? Amen. Here's a good one for you. You think Jesus just come to... To, to, to kiss babies, 1 John 3 and 8, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he may destroy the works of the devil. Did you hear what I said? Purpose. Somebody shout purpose. He come here with a purpose. I didn't, he said, I didn't come here for you to serve me. God, somebody teach on that, teacher. Amen. The church is consumer friendly. I just come to be served. Just serve me, serve my kids, get a good nursery and I'll stay. You know? Make sure you preach what I need. Amen. Jesus come wrapping a towel around his waist, got up from dinner, kicked his shoes off, started washing feet. And when they said, oh, my God, you can't do that, he said, what? If I'm doing it, I'm setting an example. I saved you for you to be a servant. You're my slave. Come on, somebody write that down. Huh? Paul said, I ain't nothing but a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I don't even, I, this body don't belong to me anymore. It belongs to Jesus. We don't, uh, exactly, you teach on that. Church is ecclesia, listen to this. Ecclesia is two different words put together, ek, ecclesia. The word ek is where we get called out from. It actually denotes, catch this y'all, origin, ecclesia. 
origin, the point from where motion or action proceeds. <laughs> That's good right there. The very point where motion or action proceeds from, ek, out of, the cause, the means, the reason. Are you, are you following me? Origin. In other words, ek, the church is the fountain. It is the source. It is the cause, that from which anything primarily proceeds. The church. It all comes out here. We're fussing about presidents, sheriffs. <laughs> We're always fussing about somebody ain't doing their job and our communities are in the shape of. And the Bible teaches it all starts right here. Right here. You don't care who's in the White House. It starts in the church house. It's, it starts with the church. In other words, it all begins with the church. The church is the means or the source of order. The church is the source of peace. The church is the source of victory. Ek, it, it, it begins in the church. Church is the source of healing. Church is the source of restoration. No wonder the Bible says, amen, in 1 Peter 4, 17, write it down. Judgment must begin where? Why? Because that's the origin. That's where it all begins. In the church. Can we go further? Can I tell you, the church has always been designed to be the spiritual, moral compass of the world. It's only fitting that the recalibration start with the church. If you would quit fussing so much about our politics and our politicians, I understand that. I understand we need to pray for godly men in there. I understand all that. But go into a spirit of prayer and let's bind the devil that's this, this, uh, leading these men. Amen? Uh, Listen to this. Listen to this. I didn't know if I was going to throw this in here, but I'm going to. Just give me a few more minutes. So the church is the ecclesia. It all begins right here. We should be the source. All motion ought to proceed out of here. We're waiting on some uh, grassroots something to come in and heal some stuff. Or we want to look to other people. We, we want somebody else that's trained in that area. Hey, God will train us. Uh, I was trying to say, well, I go about discipling to be warriors. Discipling to assume responsibility. So he said it all begins with the church. So based on that, I want you to look at this scripture from a different perspective. Write down Matthew 5, 14, 15. This is another Genesis principle. Remember, it all begins with the church. If your community is going to change, it's got to change right here. But that's why he said judgment must begin at our house. We won't let God judge us. We won't let him judge us. We won't let him bring conviction. We won't let him. We turn into Sunday morning saints. Amen. And if we don't like the word, we throw it out. We will not let conviction come into our life for God to break us down to where we realize, I'm finna do, I know God's going to lead me. I'm finna teach on narcissism. We're so eat up with me. And so God has to bring judgment to where it's not about me before I'm even ready to operate on this level, okay? Uh, Matthew 4, uh, 5, 14. You are the light of the world. How many times you heard that scripture? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and do what with it? Men, he said, it's not feasible. You don't light a light and hide it. 
and put it under a candle. He said, but you put it up high and it gives light unto the all the house. Okay, I'm going to give you another Genesis principle. Are you ready for it? I'm creating doctrine tonight for us to build on. In the beginning, uh, remember I said the church is the origin. It's the source proceeds anything, right? It's first and foremost. It's the highest in the rank. And when God, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth, and the earth was out for, uh, form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and God stood up and said what? It began with light. Right? Any, every other thing began with light. But let me show you something he pointed out to me. Write down Genesis 1, 16, 17, and 18. And God made, are y'all able to retain all this? <laughs> Genesis chapter number 1, 16 through 18. It's a principle. You better write this down. I want, I want life church to understand this principle about light. And God made two great lights. The greater light to, oh, y'all are there. Wait a minute. You are the light of the world. And in Genesis, he said, light rules. He made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. If you're taking notes, the word rule means to govern the movement of things. To govern the movements of things. To conduct, to manage, or control. It means to conduct, to manage, or to control. So when he said, you are the light of the world, he was saying, you are the ruling factor of the world I created. Okay, back to our scripture. I give you the key. Still with me? Tammy, you look like you're in a trance. <laughs> I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, right? Uh, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of God, heaven. The keys are symbols of authority. They're symbols of power. Authority to permit or prohibit according to the will of heaven. Remember, he says, because whatsoever you bind on earth... Okay, all right. Write down Isaiah 22, 21, 22. I know I'm using a lot of scripture, but if, if I'm going to establish doctrine, you got to know it was established on scripture, okay? We're talking about government. I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle, and I will commit thy government unto his hand. Right? What's the other scripture, Jennifer? You've been quoting on shoulders. Uh Man, Isaiah 53, can somebody say it? I'm, I'm serious, I'm blank. And it basically says, and the government, talking about Jesus, right, shall be where? Okay, if he's the head and we're the body, are y'all catching it? The Bible says, he's the head, we're the body, and the government shall be where? On his shoulders, that means the governing power will be upon the shoulders of the body of Christ. The church. I think you knew this stuff. Okay, what does that look like? I want to go through what does it look like and what is the enemy we're supposed to rule? Because the problem is, is when the church goes to fighting people. That's a great distraction. If you started fighting people, you have lost it was the devil made you do it. 
It was a trick. It was a scheme. If you start fighting people, if you start fighting the drug addict, if you start fighting the porn addict, if you start fighting the religious person, if you start fighting the person, you took yourself completely out of the, the battle. Because we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Churches have given ourselves a bad name. Let me tell you something about Life Church right now. Two-minute soapbox. We love everybody. We love everybody at school. We love everybody in the police department. We love everybody on the police juror. I don't care who they are. I even loved Flukey when he was the president. of. I, we love everybody. We don't talk about nobody. Is anybody listening to me? We don't Facebook about nobody. If you're a member of Life Church, I challenge you, quit this church if you can't quit ranting on Facebook. I, I didn't say that off the top of my head. I mean it. Because I don't want to have that reputation that when we walk into school, they say, yeah, one of your members. I get the flack from it. Do not. Quit the church. Find you another one. We love everybody. We love everybody. What I want you to do is go into a prayer closet and bind the devil behind the problem. Okay? So the biggest trick of the devil is to get us fighting people. Fighting people. Somebody say, he didn't mean what he said. Let me stop right there. I meant what I said. I love Clay. I love, I love Steve. What's his name? I love them all. I even love Freddie. I love everybody in this community. Are y'all catching this right now? I love them. So I don't talk about people I love. And I sure don't get on Facebook and do it. And I'm not going to allow you to do it. So if I find you're doing it, I'm going to call you out. Why? Because God's calling Life Church into a dangerous area of, of spiritual warfare. And we cannot be pulled down by ignorance. Oh, God, you don't know what we're going to be pulled into, and God's trying to prepare you. And if you're not ready, you're going to be a casualty of war. And, and, and when we go into this life, church, I can't afford to carry your, your prayerless, weak, anemic self on the battlefield. I need you to draw your sword. Let's take our community back. From the devil. Let's go a little further. What does it look like? Okay, I want to show you what it looks like. You can turn here with me, Psalms 149 and 5. And then I have to close out with who our devil is, who our enemy is. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Are you new converts staying with me? Man, I'm pouring out some stuff. <laughs> Remember what God told you last night. You ask questions. <laughs> you write stuff down and you get with them and say, look, I don't know what that bald-headed guy's talking about. You're going to have to show me. This is what it looks like. The Old Testament is types and shadows of what the New Testament uh, is in the spirit, okay? Here's what it looks like when we start ruling. When we start ruling. When we start exercising the government of our God. I want to teach you how to do that. You do that in prayer. You don't do it with picket signs or in the flesh. The devil will wear you out in the flesh. We got to break sweat in a prayer closet. We got to go into that realm to where we break things and bind things. Okay, are y'all there? Psalms 149. Let the saints be joyful in glory, verse number five. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. That has good stuff, but I ain't got time to fool with it. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Somebody read it. That's the natural principle of a spiritual phenomenon. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth 
and a two-edged sword in their hand. That's the way David fought in the Old Testament, right? We don't fight like that no more, thank God. <laughs> Amen. He's praising God and cutting heads off. But let me show you a spiritual connotation of the same battle. Don't turn there, but write down Revelations 1.16. This is a picture of Jesus. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his street. That's what the devil sees. <laughs> While you're seeing wavy hair, he sees Jesus. And he's got seven stars in his right hand, which represents seven churches of power. And there's a sword coming out of his mouth. That's not, that's an allegory. The sword is what? The word of God. That's how we fight. Are you following me? That's how we have the high praises of God in their mouth and a double-edged sword in our hand. In Revelations, we see these come together. Another good one, write down Revelations 2.16. He said, repent, or else I will come unto you quickly and will fight against you with the sword of my mouth. I'm going to fight you with my mouth. I'm going to fight you with the sword of my mouth. What is the sword of the Spirit in Ephesians chapter number 6? Fluky, you know? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's his favorite scripture, and I just stumped him. It's the Word of God, right? It's the Word of God. That's how you fight. You don't, you don't fight people you got to take the word. I've been teaching Wednesday night. If you don't know your word, you're a sitting duck. If, if you don't, huh? That's right. If you, if you don't know your word, you ain't got nothing to fight with. If you're a new convert, I don't care if you know two scriptures, you got enough to whoop the devil with. <laughs> know the word, guys, girls. Know the word. That's all we got to fight with is the word. That's the written law. It's the constitution of our kingdom. All we can enforce is the Constitution. Anyway, this is what it looks like. You got the high praises of God in their mouth, a two-edged sword in their hand. Look at verse number 7. To do what? What? To execute vengeance. Let me tell you something. God is a God of vengeance. He hates some stuff. But let me give you, make a little note right here. It ain't a person. He has no vengeance against a person. He has no hatred against a person. I don't care how bad you hate them. I don't care what they did. He, but he is a vengeable, is that a word? Or he's, he's, yeah, against the devil. If he is, why ain't we? If he's ticked, why ain't we ticked? Huh? Yes, ma'am? Well, spit it quick. Come on.
just know that only took a few of us to be powerful enough to overcome. That scripture, exactly right. A few of us suited in Norway or he said they got the high praises of God in their mouth, a sword in their hand to do something with it, to execute vengeance upon the heathen. Now in the Old Testament they was doing it against people, but the heathen in our realm is the devil. Amen. There's some devils after your marriage, your kids, your peace, your joy, and until you get mad, until we get fighting. And see, the reason we don't get mad is because we think he has a right. That's what changes. When you click right here that, a, that a, a thief has come in and taken something valuable, I tell you, I'll get mad. Mama, how mad would you get if you was in Walmart and someone grabbed one of your kids? Son, you would go ninja, wouldn't you? A fury would come up in you because he was taking something that belonged to you. Well, guess what? All them kids belong to us out there. Amen? Your peace, your joy, your righteousness, your holiness. Amen? He said they're going to execute vengeance and punishment upon the people. Listen, this is what's about to happen in Life Church if we get this doctrine right. You're about to get off defense and go on offense. I'm tired of being on defense. I'm tired of maintaining. Is anybody with me or feeling me? I'm just tired of holding my ground. Are you listening to me? Every now and then defense scores a touchdown, but it ain't very often. It's only because someone else messed up. I'm tired of my victories being on a mess up. What? That was good. I want my victories to be because we got on the offense and we started taking territory back. We started pushing. We started fighting. Where do we fight at? Bachelor preached it around them ugly wooden altars in a prayer closet at home. Fluky teaches it very well. Putting on the whole arm of God. I want to teach that to the men pretty quick, Fluky. You can, we'll tag team. Let's keep reading. He said, this is, this is what it looks like, Rosetta. You're going to execute vengeance upon the devil. You're going to put punishments upon the devil. Look at verse number 8. You're going to bind their kings with chains. Do you know there's ranks in the demonic world? You probably don't because we've never been taught it. There's ranks in the demon world. They know how to follow leadership. They know how to come up under a leader. I can't even demand you to be at church without getting in trouble. Did y'all catch that? I had, am I Facebooking? Is this recorded? I told my son the other day, it's a shame that a coach can demand whatever he wants to out of his players. A doctor can demand anything he wants out of you. A financial advisor will demand for you to do this, this, and this, amen, to get to this point. Anybody in your life, your boss can demand. But when it comes to the church, no leader can put any demands on a church to push it to win the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's a lie from the devil. Are you listening to me? Because we don't understand. I'm moving on. I felt you. I felt you out there. But it's real. I said it's really weird in the religious world. When you start putting demands on people, uh, they start saying you're religious. That word always comes up when I say, you be here in the morning. Let's pray together. Oh, you're being religious. Huh? If your doctor told you to quit eating apple pie. I wouldn't either. <laughs> that was too far out there. <laughs> Freddie said them stints are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's so real. In the kingdom of God, you can't demand anything anymore. The Bible says Joshua commanded his officers. I didn't see one place where it said he kissed them. He or begged them. He commanded his officers, we're going to fast. We're going to circumcise one another. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> Come on, man. We got to get it. There's a world going to hell. We can change it if we get this doctrine. Let's finish that up. He said, you're going to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. You're not just going to whoop them little devils. We're whooping little devils every now and then. He said, you're going to start binding some kings. Huh? I love westerns. I learned. All you got to do is kill the chief. Kill the chief, Indian scatter. He said, you're going to kill some chief devils. You're going to kill these devils, uh, the chief, those rulers. And when you do, devils are going to begin to scurry. Uh, here, favorite scripture right here. Y'all still with me? Look at verse number nine. To execute upon them what? Oh God, somebody say that real loud. He said, this is what it looks like. You're going to execute the judgment written, meaning I can't execute my opinion on them. I, I can't give them my will. I got to have the written judgment of God. But that constitution is behind me. I'm a soldier. I, I, I'm not a civilian. We got too many civilians in the church. We got to have soldiers in the church that are in for the long haul. That'll lay down our lives. Execute the judgment written. And look, everybody read it together out loud. This honor, praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord, y'all. Praise the Lord. Why praise the Lord? Because I have the honor of demanding demons bow. What? He said that's the honor of being a son. That you get to execute the judgment of God on devils. That's honor when God says, here. That's how, much, that's how much I trust you. I'm going to give you this authority. How much more? Okay, let's skip a lot of this. And let's close out with, or, or, have y'all got this doctrine? This is true doctrine from Genesis to Revelations of why he established a family at Life Church. He didn't establish us just to have family reunions. He established us as a warring bunch of people. This fisting to start driving over bridges and getting mad. Walking in stores and getting angry. Driving through communities and an anger coming over you. Not, not, not the anger you used to or you're angry at somebody. It's the feelings of God that will initiate you to get in a, a group of people and start strategizing. You hear me? It, it, it get in there and start pulling these dreams out of people. You know what I'm saying? And putting them all together. My Lord, I don't know. I used to think people was weird. I said I'd never do it in my church. I used to see them where they get maps out. <laughs> and it was territorial demons. We may be that group that's got maps out for long. <laughs> saying, God, show us the devil over this area right here. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> okay. Okay, who is, okay, if we're the governor, let's, let's, let's spend 12 minutes. Okay, if we're the governors, are y'all buying into all that? That the government is on the shoulders, we're to rule, we're to reign, light's supposed to overcome darkness. Darkness is simply the absence of light. If, if darkness is prevailing, it means light is diminishing. So all we got to do is bring the light back, which means to rule. Okay, who is to be governed then? Who's to be ruled? Who is our enemy? What does he look like? 
Go uh, right down Luke eleven twenty one. I want to show you what Jesus calls him. You may see him as some little red suit, pointed ears, pitchfork. Let me tell you what Jesus said about him. Hmm? Jesus said, when a strong man is armed, he keeps his palace and his goods are at peace. That's the problem. The devil is armed. He's got all his track tactics. He's got all his little schemes. He's got all his, what do you call that drug? Kratom. He's got all these. He's got these pornographic images. He's got all his armor intact. And he said, as long as I got all this, you can't take me. A strong man, when he's armed, he'll keep Caldwell Parish. But, look at the next scripture. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he starts taking his armor. What does that look like? Huh? What's it look like? I'm serious. I'm a novice in this. I'm just getting this doctrine. What does it look like to go in prayer and start taking some armor away from the devil? I want to know. I want to get with some people who ain't scared to pray. And I want to pray until God teaches us how to disarm the devil. Are y'all with me? He said, because when a stronger, because we know Jesus is way stronger than the devil. I'm stronger than the devil. You're stronger than the devil as long as we're in Jesus. So the devil's going to keep his palace out there and he's going to be at peace until a stronger than he comes, overcomes him and takes from him all his armor where he trusted and then he divides his spoil. Write this down just for y'all's notes. Matthew 12 28 and 29, Jesus said these words, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is here. Is the fact that no devil's being cast out the proof that the kingdom is not here? Maybe we have way more religion than we have church. This church was full Easter Sunday with people bound by the devil. And not one ounce of conviction came in enough to grip a heart and drag them to these altars. Whose fault was that? Somebody answer that. I dare you. Yeah, let's do it corporately. Me? Mine? I'm liking these better. Mine because I'm not realizing my dominion and my authority and I'm not operating in it. My God, give us sermons that don't appease people but brings conviction back to the church. That disarms the devil. Conviction is disarming. Yes, sir? Absolutely. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. He said, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then spoil his house? Let me help you right here before I move on on prayer. Amen. We're not effective out there because we didn't win in here. Okay, let me, and in prayer. You're, you can't win out there if you didn't win in your prayer closet before you left the house. That's what he's saying. He's saying right here, first thing first, Jennifer, you shared it. You can't just go out there and go open, open, open your mouth, start saying y'all can't do this. First, you got to bind the strong man. That's the reason evangelistic efforts are not effective 
People want to go out and knock on doors and invite people. Are you kidding? You're just carnal to carnal. But if you'll go into prayer until the devil comes down and he's bound, then you'll have way more success. Newcomers, I want you all to get this. Before you go to work, pray. Pray. Some of you will beat the devils that's whooping you every day if you just pray. You just pray. You wouldn't have temper tantrums so much. You wouldn't be running off at the mouth. Amen. That's binding the strong man. Okay. Okay. Uh, man, I got about seven minutes. Y'all got those scriptures? Let's jump down to, this is Fluky's uh, message, uh, Ephesians 6 and 12. And I'm going to pull one out of it. That's going to kill you, Fluky, but I, I'm just going to pull one out. Ephesians 6 and 12 says this. Here's who we're fighting, Freddie. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against. Does anybody know the definition for wrestle? I bet y'all know what it means to wrestle. But let me give you the Greek. It means to throw or fling a sudden motion of force. Let me show y'all what wrestle looks like. No, not Branson. Taylor. Come up here. You're tough and you're little. This is literally... I hope this works. This is literally what that word means. Come here. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. And I'm going to show you what we wrestle with. But the word for wrestle is like, all right, here we go. It's sudden. Did that hurt? Good. <laughs> hurt me. <laughs> that's, that's what the word, thank you. That's what the word looks like. A sudden, forceful, not, Taylor, would you please lay down? You know, not, okay, let me see if I can get her down. The word wrestle is a sudden, it's the same word as cast. Because it means to throw. You see how I threw her down? And Jesus said, go cast out devils. So the connotation is a quick, forceful, grabbing, knowing you're under arrest and you're going down. Freddie told me about that big guy. He went and he told him, he said, look, guy, you're under arrest. I can't help it, you're under arrest. And either you're going to come easy or I finna start making phone calls till I got the whole, <laughs> the whole army, marines, or whatever. That's your dream. Are you following me? The mindset is, devil, you're under arrest, and I'm not going to quit until I have thrown you. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. Notice everything's plural. This is what you fight against. Against not flesh and blood. What's flesh and blood represent? Men. People. Quit wrestling people. Quit wrestling you. <laughs> you know? Quit trying to struggle and get your mind in. and your, 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 Quit watching that and doing that. No. Start wrestling the real enemy, which is the devil behind it. You know? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Uh, principalities is archae. It's where we get our word arch, like an arch enemy. And it means chief in rank. We're talking about demons. This stuff we don't talk about, but it needs to be studied. We wrestle against principalities, which means chiefs that are in rank, magistrates, preeminent in its kind. There is devils that have preeminence over other devils. They're the chiefs. They're the rulers. 
That's kind of hard to wrap your mind around it. He said, that's what you're wrestling against. You're, you're, you're wrestling against those who are preeminent in their kind. I mean, they've been fighting saints for thousands of years. If you're not suited with the full armor of God and not prayed, you ain't nothing. He'll twist your mind and confuse you. He said, you're, you're fighting against principalities, arch enemies, preeminent in their kind. They're, they're high-ranked officers in the demonic realm. Number two, you're fighting, you're wrestling powers. Powers is exosé. It means force, capacity. Catch this. That little weak devil that you may, somebody may have told you, well, he's some little, he says, powers are force, competency, mastery, magistrate, potentate, delegated influence. Are y'all catching all this? They are masters of deception. They, they ain't foolish. They are competent in what they do. He said, that's, that's, that's what you're wrestling with. Last thing was rulers. Rulers. Which is simply means someone with dominion. These are things in the spirit realm, guys, that we got to start addressing. Our little services of coming together. Uh, I want to close out with this picture in your mind. If the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament, and y'all believe that, right? That's scriptural. That the Old Testament is a type and shadow. Well, in the Old Testament, I ain't going to take time to go through the scriptures. We've got to shut down. They walked into the promised land and started taking territory. Right? He said, this is yours. The only problem was, Joey, there was people living all over the land that was heathens. They was giants in the hills. And they're standing right across the river. And God says, dispossess every one of them and possess it. So in the Old Testament, and they started taking territory. And they started walking through Caldwell Parish saying, this is ours. You're, you better believe it to the highest degree. Devil, you're trespassing. Everywhere I put the sole of my feet belongs to me. God done gave it to me, and they started expanding our territory. May I submit to you, we've gotten happy with 10 acres to where we come hide out every week and put our light under a bushel and just preach to one another. Are y'all listening to me? If, if, the, if that's a type and shadow, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be going into the schools. We're supposed to be going into the community. After we found an altar of prayer and sacrificed some time and prayed until we were fully suited with the full armor of God and can hear what uh, Steve's been pouring into me lately, that Jesus was always saying, I'm just saying what I heard the Father say. I'm just doing what I saw the Father doing in the spirit of prayer. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.